You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, episode 40. Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks, and welcome to another episode of SRC Radio. Today we have on Steph Yoder, who was a, not only... She wasn't a guest. I want to say she was a special guest at our SRC retreat and a presenter as well. And um, I met her during my time in my short little visit in Boulder uh, at the Boulder Boulder, actually watching the 10K. Um, So I'll introduce Steph here and give her bio so you guys can get to know her a little better. Steph is a certified life coach passionate about helping others live self-aware, confident, and purposeful lives. She enjoys providing the space for people to adventure and express their unique voice boldly. Through her holistic coaching business, Brave Root, she meets one-on-one with clients seeking stability and clarity to provide process coaching, as well as creates workshops for small groups around a variety of topics, including self-care, stuck areas, and values discovery. In her free time, Steph enjoys rock climbing and camping. Steph, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Megan. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, it's great to see you again. So um, Steph, as I mentioned, was a speaker at the SRC retreat and not only just a speaker, but also it led us through some activities around some of these areas that were mentioned like self-care and discovering our values, which is so, so important. I think as runners, just to, we talk about being more than a runner at SRC and finding ourselves outside of the sport. So it's really refreshing, I think, to have someone like Steph to come in and, um, or it was refreshing to have Steph come in and lead us through activities that allowed us to really see ourselves as like full human beings with um, vibrant lives and discover what our values really are. So thank you for that, Steph. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so the question that we always get started with is, how did you get your start in running? And this could also just be athletics as well. Um, I don't know how much of a runner you are, but I know that Brave Root really values nature. And so it can be related to rock climbing, camping, anything outdoors. And what do you like most about it? Yeah. I began my athletics um, at a very young age. Um, I did gymnastics all throughout my um, elementary years. And so that was very much a part of um, just my lifestyle growing up. And gymnastics led into um, other sports in junior high, like 
basketball and volleyball and track. Um, and I, I focused mainly in track on relays and hurdles, as well as doing the pole vault. And so um, sports and running and athletics have been very much a part of my life. Um, and I think what I like about that is that um, they've taught me self-discipline and not only about training the body physically, but, but also um, being very aware of what's happening mentally and emotionally in my body as well. Um, and sports and athletics have been just a great challenge for me in life in general. Um, I like rising to the challenge and, and challenging myself to new skills and new abilities. So that's what I like about them. Um, I love what you said about rising to the challenge. Can you give us an example of that? Hmm, good question. Yeah. Um, for example, now I really enjoy rock climbing as a form of exercise. And I feel that every day um, when I get into the climbing, I am rising to a challenge. There's a specific rock route in front of me and I have to tell myself um, mentally and physically that I can do it. And even if I can't, that I am still growing in the process and learning something new in the process. I love that. It's, it was funny when you said um, rising to the challenge because like rock climbing is rising up higher. So it made me kind of, it was like a, a metaphor or um, a pun maybe is the right word. Um, but um, Megan, you rock climb a little bit as well, right? Yeah. And that's something I love about it as well is it, there's just so many lessons that carry over into life. And then trail running too, because you're like rising up a mountain a lot of times. So you have to, yeah, mm -hmm. just I love that. That's really cool. And yeah. I think it's nice to hear how we were just talking with um, Ellie Abrahamson, who's a triath who came from a triathlete type of background, but just how different events like the pole vault. We've never had a pole vaulter on no. um, a hurdler or a rock climber. So it's really cool to hear how that there's similarities to running. Um, and that's kind of like your chosen outlet maybe to discover new things about yourself and to rise up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we kind of ch chatted about this a little bit um, in terms of gymnastics and pole vault and, um, but do you have any other sports or hobbies that you take part in? Um, right now they're all pretty self-led. I really enjoy um, going hiking and going camping just out on my own or with friends. Um, I'm not currently involved in any like organized sports or athletics, but I, I really enjoy being outside all that I can. So those are two other hobbies that I enjoy. Okay. Um, are you an introvert? I am an introvert. I tend to gain a lot of energy when I am by myself for a while um, mm -hmm. rather than around a lot of people. But being by myself allows me to be um, a better version of me when I'm with a lot of people. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, I too am an introvert and um, a lot of people ask me how I can spend so much time alone and my response is always I recharge. That's my recharging time, you know, when you're alone and you can like really focus on yourself and you know what you need to do to get through the day of 
like for me, like I'll start working with student athletes in a month and a half and, you know, that'll, I need the, the nights alone or the nights on my yoga mat or hiking in your case or camping in your case, you know, to recharge and reconnect with others. Um, so I, I appreciate that point of view. Hmm. Thank you for pointing yeah. that out. Thanks. Sure. Um, so where did you go to college? I went to college at Indiana Wesleyan University um, in Marion, Indiana. And, um, and how did you go about choosing the school and what was your major? Yeah, I studied uh, Christian education and Spanish. And it took me a little while to decide what I wanted to major in and also to decide on the school that I, would, that I wanted to attend. Um, I visited a few different um, smaller schools and universities and they were all about two or three hours away from my home in Ohio. Uh, I knew that I wanted to be somewhere out of state just to kind of get away from the small town I grew up in and experience life on a little, little bigger scale. Um, and so, when I was visiting colleges, I guess the way I decided um, on which one to go to was where could I see myself going um, when I actually visualized myself there? Um, and where did I feel the most peace about going? Um, and that's a little bit hard to describe in words, but the peace that I felt was just more internal, like, just an internal knowing of this feels really right and this feels really good and I can see myself going here. So that was kind of the guiding factor for me. Um, and then in terms of deciding what to study, I really took into account um, what other people had to say about me and my strengths uh, as well as just taking a look at what I love doing and what I often received compliments for. Um, and a lot of those things involved teaching or helping other people or being relational with other people. And so um, I really wanted to dive into a major that allowed me to be relational on a daily basis. And the education field is a primary um, a primary way to do that. So uh, that's kind of how I got into my college and my major. Now, it's kind of interesting to me because when, um, so when I, I hear a lot of the time when people choose their major, they focus, you know, it, it kind of becomes overwhelming because people think that they know, like when they ask like their parents, for example, oh, you want to do, then their parents are like, you want to do this. And you're like, but not really, you know? So it was, re it's really interesting for me to hear you say that you actually asked people, like you wanted their opinion because a lot of the times, you know, college students, they don't want other people's opinions. They think that they know. Um, so yeah. were th was there ever a, cha a time where someone was like, oh, you should do this. And you're like, actually, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can't remember a time like that. I, I never really grew up knowing 
like what major I would decide upon. Um, I know for some people, they often grow up and at a very young age, they know, oh, I want to be a nurse or um, I want to be someone who does math every day. I knew right off the bat that I was not someone who loved math and that I didn't I didn't get excited about doing math or um, being in an office all day long. And so I ruled those out very quickly. Um, and I, I wanted people's advice and people's understandings of me because uh, I did, I felt very overwhelmed going into college and, and unsure of myself, unsure if the major I picked was going to be the right one or the one that fit me the best um, in personality. And so it was very important to me to kind of seek wisdom from other people and, and hear what they had to say. Totally. I love that. Yeah. So um, kind of coming in here, I was really excited, Kelsey, for you to get the chance to talk with Steph on the podcast because I think what um, you are interested in and what you do is a lot similar. Like you've got some overlapping interests and passions and helping people kind of tune into what they really want to do in life. And so, yeah, you just kind of, I thought you'd connect and it's really cool that the questions you're asking. Um, so kind of going off of that step, how did you get into life coaching? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, when I was in college, there was actually a, a life coaching service that would that was offered to all the students for free. And up until that point, I had no idea what it was. I hadn't even heard of life coaching before. Um, I had heard of counseling and I was familiar with counseling in the way that um, the counselor and client kind of work together to process through past events and maybe traumas as well um, to kind of move the client forward to where he or she needs to be and wants to be. Um, so I was familiar with that, but I had no idea what life coaching was. And being a person who really likes, again, to rise to the challenge or um, experience the fullness of life and just continuously learn, um, I, I signed up for a free session with a life coach and wanted to learn more about it. So during that session, I realized very quickly that it was a very powerful thing for someone to sit beside me and support me, encourage me, and point out the strengths they see in me. Um, and I continued going to life coaching sessions because it helped clarify um, the direction I wanted to go in life. It helped clarify the things that were important to me. Um, and a whole lot of other things that I could go into. But it was a very powerful connection for me. And I realized at the end of those sessions that if I could do this for other people in life, I would feel so fulfilled. And I, it's what I feel the most excited about doing with my life. Um, and so after college, I found out about a local life coaching certification program in the small town that I was in um, and decided to go through that six month certification to become a life coach. And that was about three years ago. And so ever since 
then I have been working to develop my own coaching business called Brave Root. And I want to be all about helping other people feel more stable and more confident in who they are and the truth about themselves um, so that they can transition smoothly or so that they can move forward in life past stuck areas and um, just live really full, healthy lives. I love that. Um, like just, it really comes across that you are so passionate about what you do. And I think so many of us just kind of blindly follow that path of like, I don't know what I want to do and end up in jobs that we're not happy with. So obviously you had to do probably some soul searching or um, I guess, you know, really tuning into yourself. Um, do you have any advice for those who maybe are struggling with the next steps for them in terms of like choosing their major, finding their career? Um, are there any first steps that you'd recommend to someone kind of going through this process? Yeah, I found a list of qualities I loved about myself and qualities that I felt were strengths in me um, was actually a really helpful thing for narrowing down what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Um, and so maybe making a list would be helpful. Um, another thing I would say is, is don't be afraid to go for something that seems crazy. Um, yeah, just dream big. That's what I would say. <laughs> and, um, in going into life coaching just a little bit more for those who are unfamiliar with it, how would you define what life coaching is? What could someone expect from it? Yeah, I would say to start off life coaching is is a helping profession, but it's different than counseling in the way that the coaching partnership is viewed as an equal professional partnership. And what that means is that um, me as the coach, I view you as the client as perfectly uh, capable and resourceful and knowledgeable about your life. And so I view you as that do yourself and so I come into the partnership um, as a as an equal and my role something you can expect from me is that I will walk beside you as you process things um, and I will be a support to you I will help clarify your goals and your vision for what what you're about and what you're doing um, I will not try to fix you because I view you as a whole person. And so um, my goal is not to fix you or to tell you what you should do. My goal is to be a, um, a companion to you as you journey through um, the processing. I love that. Um, I think, so as our listeners who have tuned in before might know, um, I have my master's in mental health counseling. And um, 
one of the things I hated about it was that um, there was like a differential. There, all, it always felt like I was not on the same level as the you know individuals I worked with, and so um, the more you speak mm -hmm. about it, Steph, the more interested I am in life coaching because it sounds a little bit more holistic and a little bit less like. I don't know that that was one of the reasons I actually moved away from mental health counseling because it, I actually didn't like the idea that I was regarded as being like more knowledgeable like I'm gonna help solve your problems when re in reality I think the you know the, the client or the individual I was working with could solve it on their own with a little bit of you know coaching I guess no you know to be perfectly honest so um, I'm really interested to hear I'm really interested about you know what you've been speaking about, I think it's very, very um, applicable to all people as well. Um, now, I have a question, and um, this just popped into my head. Um, sure. You now, do you ever find that there's um, a stigma attached to life coaching? Um, I know with mental health counseling, people wouldn't want to go see a mental health counselor because of the stigma associated with it. Um, so I guess in, I have two questions. First is, do people think that, you know, having that stigma of, or saying a life coach is like a little bit woo-woo, first of all? And then the second question is, do you think that more people um, are more receptive to a life, um, a life coach than mental health counselor or psychologist, whatever, you know? Hmm. Yeah. That's a really good question and something I've been uh, kind of exploring and, and learning about here. Um, I recently moved to Boulder, Colorado, and so I'm finding here that the community is very open to learning about life coaching and what it means to be a life coach. But I have found in other areas and past places that I've lived that life coaching is a little bit woo-woo to people. like they assume that the coach is going to tell them what to do and fix all their problems. But that is a very, that's very different, <clears throat> different than what coaching actually is. Um, like I said, with coaching, you can expect accountability and you can expect new perspectives on life and new perspectives on your transition. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, it's the client who um, designs the goals and um, it is the coach who keeps the client accountable to those goals. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the coach demanding that the client do a specific thing in order to be a better person or to have a better life. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense, and I think that's really um, powerful. It sounds like a powerful connection. Do you find you have powerful connections between the individuals you work with and yourself? Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Mm. Yeah. I can imagine so. Yeah. Um. So, f um, for those who don't have access to a life coach, um, what? activities would you recommend um, them doing or, or how would they see what it's all about or I don't know kind of just get an idea of what life coaching is like yeah um, the first thing that comes to mind is um, there are a few resources that I could point you to um, a few websites to check out and learn more about coaching as a profession 
Um, and those would be, uh, there's one called coachfederation.com. And then the other is coactive.com. Those two resources are going to provide a lot more information uh, about coaching as a profession specifically. They're also going to point people towards um, specific coaches if they're looking for one. Um, and I would say within the coaching world, there are a lot of different spe specialties or specializations that coaches can have. For instance, um, you may have heard about career coaching or um, financial coaching or health coaching. Those are three very popular um, kind of like subcategories in coaching. And the, I believe these websites will be helpful in kind of um, explaining the differences and just giving a person the general, well, just some general information about coaching itself. So mm -hmm. I think those would be helpful. Yeah. So that's what, what I'll be researching today in case anybody wants to know. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So, Steph, just to clarify, what is your specialization? Is it life coaching? Yeah, mine is the the broad term of life coaching. Yes. Okay. Um, within my practice, I really incorporate adventure um, and and nature, as Megan talked about previously. Um, and so, I consider that my specialization. Um, oftentimes in coaching sessions, I do hikes with clients or we go on a walk. Um, and I, I hope to eventually lead more coaching retreats involving climbing and camping and things like that. So adventure is very much a part of my, um, my specialization in coaching. Mm -hmm. That's really, really cool. So I have to just throw this in here really quickly. And when I was getting my master's, I did a project or like kind of an idea sort of of um, walking meditation and walking therapy. And it was not um, approved by the individuals I was working with because it was too out of the box for mental health counseling. So oh, I wow. love, I know it was kind of a bummer because I was like, how cool would it be if we could be in nature and like, yeah. like do therapy in that sense um, and work with someone through there? Because how calming is it? I mean, for me at least, there are people who don't like bugs mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So that's probably not calming for them. But for me, like going out for a walk or a bike ride or in your sense, stuff like a hike, yeah. I was thinking about it and I was like, gosh, like, that would be pretty amazing. Like I would love to do therapy like that. Um, so, but other people were not fond of it. So I'm so happy to hear that someone is doing that though. That gives yeah. me such joy. Oh, thank you. I think your idea is great. And I <laughs> have found that nature being in nature and being outside during coaching allows for a lot of metaphors for the client to relate back to their life. Um, mm -hmm. And you're right. It also does provide that calming, um, kind of like grounding mm -hmm. feel um, yeah. in someone's body. And so I found it to be really effective and just a, a great way to incorporate coaching and adventure together. 
Um, so what do you found, what do you find most grounding about being in nature? What do I find most grounding in nature? Yeah, about being in nature, yourself. That is such a good question. <laughs> I'm smiling really big because I like nature a lot, and there are many things about it that that allow me to feel grounded in my sense of self and how I'm made um, and what my purpose is. And I would say I love... I love the calmness it brings and the space it allows for me to process things happening in my head. A lot of times the busy city life or just being around um, man-made buildings all day is, is very kind of crowding to my thoughts and getting out in nature is a way for me to um, decompress a little bit and kind of remember what's important in life and about myself um, in a very peaceful way. So it, it rids, it rids life of the noise. Um, and I really appreciate that. That's helpful for grounding. I love that. That's great. I think yeah. that's really, really just like a beautiful sentiment to where you can find yourself at home. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, so something I really admire, Steph, is that you took this huge leap moving out to Boulder, Colorado from Indiana. And for a lot of people, a big move like that, especially if I'm correct, you knew no one, correct? I knew no one in Boulder. You're right okay. about that. I so, did know friends in Denver, um, okay. but no one in Boulder. <laughs> So that could be pretty terrifying for some. Um, that probably sounds really scary. What was this experience like for you or what has it been like? Because it's been pretty recent. And how did you make that leap of bravery? Hmm. That's a deep one. There's a lot I could say about it. Um, it's been a very challenging process. Uh as well as exciting, I felt a lot of a lot of emotions about it, often ones that seem to contradict one another, for example, mm -hmm. the excitement and the fear all in mm -hmm. one um, it's scary to move to a new place where you don't where I don't know anyone and where I know it's going to be a challenge to meet new people and to put myself out there um, and so I've felt very vulnerable throughout the process of moving and um, finding a place to live in a new place. Um, so challenging, vulnerable, exciting, fearful, but also very, um, what's the word? I feel very, I feel like living here is very resonant with who I am and my lifestyle and what I enjoy doing. And so that resonance has kind of, um, that kind of trumps all the other fears and, and hesitations that I had about moving. Um, I really enjoy the active lifestyle that many people here are outside more than they're inside. And 
riding bike or running or hiking uh, is very much a part of everyday life. Um, and so that resonates a lot with me. But to circle back around to your question, it's been a very challenging thing, but a very um, growing, fruitful thing as well for me. Um, I know that some of our listeners, including myself, have, have recently moved, you know, they gr just graduated college or, you know, just took a job somewhere new or whatever, um, and ha are nervous about meeting new people. Um, what are, you know, what's some advice you have for getting out and meeting new people and, you know, kind of starting new somewhere brand new? Hmm. Yeah. I, something I'm still working on is uh, giving grace to myself, uh, giving permission for myself to feel a little awkward in certain times or not know how to do something or not know how to put myself out there and meet new people. Um, first of all, know that it's okay and that you're not alone in that. Um, it's a very rocky feeling and insecure feeling um, and know that you're not alone in it. Um, I would say practice going to a restaurant by yourself, practice going on a walk by yourself, um, just doing everyday things by yourself kind of builds confidence in, in your abilities and in your, um, in your self perception. And so I would recommend practicing. I had, I have to do that a lot still. Um, going to a restaurant by yourself can be, can feel awkward at times. Um, but as you practice, you can get better at telling yourself, um, Hey, this is actually fun and I'm enjoying myself right now. And what thoughts are coming up in my head and who will I meet today? You know, it, you can kind of take a more curious approach to life rather than, um, rather than a fearful one where, uh, where hesitation holds you back, if that makes sense. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to love everything you say tonight. <laughs> um, so I guess, I don't know, Steph, if you feel this way, being um, an introvert as well. I actually have the opposite issue. Like, I can be alone all the time and be totally fine. Like, go, like going out to cafes by myself or going for walks by myself. I actually struggle with going into public with people. I, that sounds like I'm, I'm a, I need to belong. In, what's that disorder where you belong in your house all the time? No. Are you staying in? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, no, like. I can't remember, but, um, and not to make fun of that disorder, because that is a terrible thing to live with. Um, uh, I, I wonder, you know, have you experienced that nerve wracking, oh my gosh, I'm in public situation, like, you know, where you like, you feel like you need to maybe socialize a little bit more? <laughs> yes, I definitely have experienced that. And I, I would say that I tend to be, I tend to fall more on that side as well. Um, where being in public or just being in big groups of people where I don't know anyone else is intimidating to me. And it's, it makes me feel insecure sometimes, you know? Um, yeah. So I can, I can relate. I have many examples running through my mind of 
times when I was out in public and just sort of inserted myself into a crowd and said hi and felt awkward about it. But mm -hmm. it, I just, I just did it because otherwise I wouldn't. Like mm -hmm. there just came a point in my head when I said, "All right, go say hi," and then jumped, went for it. You know. But I can absolutely relate to the the intimidated feelings that that come from that. It's so hard when you you walk into a room and you don't know anyone, and like mm -hmm. you're just kind of like, oh, like do I start small talk with someone? Like how does this yeah. work really? <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Often and I, I, oh, keep going. Sorry. I was just going to say, often I found that when I try that, when I just introduce myself to someone, it's easier if I get them talking about themselves first. Like, mm -hmm. and that kind of eases me into the conversation and makes me feel a little bit more comfy in the big group setting mm -hmm. when. I ask them a question first to get mm -hmm. them talking so that I'm not the center of attention because me as an introvert, I, I don't like being the center of attention and I don't want to be the center of attention. So yeah, maybe asking them a question first, getting them talking about themselves, it kind of eases the eases you into it more and creates more of a calm mood. So yeah, I, it's funny you say that cause I went out to, um, meet just one friend for um coffee this afternoon or i don't drink coffee so tea for me and mm -hmm. um it was funny because i hadn't seen this friend in like a year and a half maybe mm -hmm. and um i was like i almost it's terrible but i almost treated it like a counseling session where i just kept asking questions not in like a like why is she asking so many questions but like i always my go-to question whenever i meet someone is where are you from because granted if they say like some, even if they say a farmland that they'd say, they're probably going to say, Oh, I'm from this farm, small farm town. And then you could be like, Oh, me too. Or like, do you like have yeah. a farm yourself? So you can just like build questions off of that. So for anyone listening, yeah. if you're in that situation, always ask someone where you're from, you know, introduce yourself first. Don't just walk up and be like, where are you from? You know, that might be a little <laughs> bit odd, but um, you know, I think that's a really great opening question because you granted there's something you can talk about from where someone's from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Megan, you were going to say something earlier. Oh, um, yeah, I was just going to say, I know a couple friends that, you know, I'm in grad school right now, so it's more school, but when they first started, I know it can be kind of scary too, to start up conversations with people at work because you're like the youngest one there a lot of times. And so, yeah, this also like applies to just about anybody that is going to graduate and get a job. Like um, one of my friends who's the most outgoing, one of the most outgoing people I know was saying how scared she is to go into work because, you know, she's among all these like high level executives who are in their 40s and 50s and she's like the youngest one there. So I know even for people who are extroverts, it can be kind of nerve wracking sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I love hearing um, your, your tips on that and how to handle it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Thanks, Steph, for sharing. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for the questions. Sure. Um, so we're going to start to wrap up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we always ask like three final questions, two major, like f two good ones, and then one that's just kind of like relatable to everybody. Um, but so Steph, what mm -hmm. advice would you give your younger self? 
I think I would tell my younger self that it's okay not to be perfect or to get everything right the first time. Um, and I would also affirm my younger self by saying that you are capable and you are loved and you are resourceful right now as you are. I think that would have combated a lot of my fears um, in my younger years, and it would have given me more peace in moving forward with things, um, even though they weren't perfect or even though um, they weren't right the first time. So that's what I would tell my, my younger self. It's, I have to... Oh, this is so funny. So every morning, I've been trying to meditate every morning when I get up and I have uh, my mala beads and um, the one I just did this, so I pick a word and for every mala bead, I'll say, you are this, you are this, you are this, you know, just like self-affirmation sort of things. And um, mm -hmm. my one, this is so weird. This is really bizarre. This is like how the universe is talking to us right now. The one I did this morning was you are capable and you are loved. <laughs> That's really weird that we both were yeah. or that you said that and that I did that one this morning. And literally I pick That's any crazy. words that isn't that insane. I'll pick any words. And those are the two that just spoke to me this morning. So it's funny that you brought that up tonight. No oh, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's <crazy. laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, but I love, and I also love what you said, resourceful as you are. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool words. Mm -hmm. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. All right, Meg, do you want to finish it out for us? Yeah. So our biggest, our final interview question is, what does being a strong runner chick or a strong chick in general mean to you? Hmm. I think it's loaded with a lot of good stuff. Um, being a strong runner chick to me means not only physically strong, but also mentally, emotionally, spiritually strong and in line with your beliefs. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I believe out of those healthy beliefs come, um, more full living and more expressive living in line with who you're made to be, your purpose, your passions, all those things. Um, and so being a strong chick is, I see it as a very whole thing. Um, like I said, it's not just your body that you're taking care of, but you're taking care of your mind and your heart and your spirit as well um, to make sure that they're all um, in line with your beliefs and that you're, you're caring for all parts of you in healthy ways. Such valuable, important things to remember. Um, so Steph, if people are listening and they're thinking that they'd love to connect with you more, um, or maybe even look into some workshops that you're hosting, um, how can they reach out to you? 
Yeah, you can visit my website. It's www.braveroot.com and feel free to fill out a contact form, um, share any thoughts you have with me, set up a sample session with me, uh, or just say hi. I would love to hear from you and, and meet new people um, and make connections. So my website is probably the best way to get a hold of me and um, you'll find my email address on there as well. Awesome. Kelsey, anything else? No, I, I feel very fulfilled after this conversation, though, I must admit. <laughs> well, thank you both for having me. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about getting to see you both and just kind of share more about me and hear more about you guys as well and what you do. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Mm. absolutely yeah yeah it was a pleasure Steph thank you very much all right, all right. yeah all right strong rider chicks thanks for tuning in um and we hope to speak with you soon bye thanks for listening to the strong runner chicks radio do us a favor and leave a review in itunes to help spread awareness and foster the src community Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chick.